0: Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex. This is Rob. Hello. And um, this is episode 41 now. 41 on the dial. Um, it is? Yeah. What, you want on the dial? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Nice. Have we got anything to say before we start? Sorry. Um,
1: no, do you know what? I don't think we have. Strange enough, I don't think there's anything... Uh...
0: I've got my no spam email again. I, I, because I haven't been checking my spam email folder, I need to start doing that, because people were enjoying the spam emails. Apparently so,
1: yeah. But I mean, it's not a feature we've dropped. You know, it will come back, I promise you. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think there is anything... Um, it's been very little uptake in our business cards. Um,
0: when you say very little, yeah. So one of the things we said last week was we had some business cards made up, and we said if anybody out there would like some of these business cards to distribute to friends, family, other people, that they could take on the responsibility of being a local anaesthetic franchisee holder. Although yep. there was no monetary. Uh,
1: no, no, no. I think we need to make that. In. There is no dividend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and well, when you hang on a minute, when you say when you say there has been very little uptake on the cards, yeah. as I keep trying to point out to you, we only talked about this in last week's episode. Last week's yeah, episode still hasn't gone up no, yet. No, no, this so is true.
1: But it was advertised on Facebook. I'm nobody since.
0: looks at a Facebook and a no, Twitter. No, I realise Okay, so, but if anybody wants some of those business cards, they're welcome to them. By the way, uh, a friend of ours at work... Yeah. Um Paul, Rob, oh, yeah. I get, he took some.
1: Did he? Yeah. And okay. so
0: and you know, so he, you know, he gets around, doesn't he? I have various does fun, he? Yeah, very. <laughs> I've not bunkers, sure. so he's right. going, to, <laughs> we're going to meet David. He go, he's a guy who's really into um, horror films. Yeah, yeah, horror films, but he's also into going to those um sort of um events where you have celebrities there who do sign-ups. Right, like comic con. Yeah, yeah, and all of that. And and he's meeting David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, Oh,
1: that's brilliant.
0: And um, oh, could you imagine? And we sat, and, I, and I said to him, "Please take him a DVD of Airwolf to sign," because <laughs> <laughs> it was around the same time as Night Rider. Right? But what, but I also would he give him a low class setting business card. He said he wouldn't. No,
1: um, I did. I gave him out of my work. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, anyone's actually listened, but you never know.
0: Right. Okay. Good. Um, can I start us off, Rob? with well, yeah, a very, always, with yeah, a very small it, yeah. story. Um, this story, Rob, is from the Bournemouth Echo. Um, there's no journalist listed it's a very short story there's just a okay. few elements of it I enjoyed the headline is accused denies willful destruction of pine tree
1: right <laughs> okay uh,
0: a businessman accused of having a protected tree fell said he could see why people suspected him The caught her <laughs> (laughs) Neil Davey, 51, told the police that he and his wife Sheena enjoyed a better view over Poole Harbour from the sun terrace of their half a million pound home after the 40 foot pine was removed. But he denied responsibility for the felling. Davey denies arranging for the mature maritime pine in a neighbouring garden to be chopped down. He is said to have asked friend Thomas Maguire a tree surgeon to take a chainsaw to the tree in the night of June 20th, 2010. The 55 year old tree had been covered by a preservation order. at Bournemouth Crown Court, Detective Constable Adrian Turner quoted from Davey's police interview. He said Davey had admitted, in quotes, I can see why people are pointing their fingers at me. By association, people think we had something to do with it. We can see more of the purbecks, but we already had a great view from the upper floors. <laughs> During the interview, Davey, an auctioneer... This is my favourite bit. During the interview, Davey, an auctioneer, said he didn't know the tree surgeon well. Okay, so he's saying we've got no association, yeah? Right. But entries from 34-year-old... Maguire's diary the tree surgeon at the time showed he had not only worked for the Davies but that he had also gone to their wedding <laughs> brilliant Maguire from Bournemouth denies a charge of willful destruction of a tree the trial continues Can what I, a great story
1: he may, not have been, he may have been invited but maybe he just trim back on the, some of the trees there what do you mean? Maybe some of the trees are overhanging the, the venue, so he was invited along to cut the trees. Oh, I thought so you
0: mean he was inviting the workmaster. Yeah, yeah, but okay, yeah, but nevertheless, Davey said he, he doesn't really know this guy, and then the guys, uh, this guy's own diaries. Who don't know who writes the diary nowadays? Dear diary, went to the Davies wedding today. It was lovely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> had <laughs> goose. Huh? Do
1: you have goose at weddings?
0: I don't know. Can't you have goose at weddings? You probably could do. Yeah,
1: so yeah. It's quite. i was regard goose as quite a Victorian thing. Um, Rob, (laughs) you know, um, I've got to
0: tell you this. Our team recently at work are trying to organise on where to go for a Christmas lunch, and there was a few menus um, for different places posted around via email. Um, I can't stand pretentious menus. I know you can't. Can
1: you? Well, you know, I'm quite a pretentious person anyway, as you know. I always thought for you that
0: pretentious would uh, equal... Uh, things which cost a lot of money, and therefore you would shy away from the wherever <laughs> you found it.
1: Well, that's, that may be true. But, uh, anyway, so what you so, right, so, so on
0: this menu was this item. On this menu was this item. I could I mean, I still can't go over it, and I, I'm not going there, and I would refuse to go anywhere that's surface. It was just called Study of Duck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and everything is, and it's all duck related things, like on a platter. Study of Duck. Study
1: of Duck. Can that be our episode title? that's quite nice I like that yeah what is a study of duck well unless literally it's just like a cross section of a duck to put on a plate <laughs> maybe a little dissection like, yeah. I'd like to see maybe I don't know maybe, maybe like someone's sort of made uh, like using vinaigrettes like little arrows pointing to the liver to the heart and yeah. so on I think it's like I that I think quite yeah. good yeah. I have to say as well I was, I was getting the bus up to work the other day and it was quite See,
0: so you're not pretentious if you're getting the bus no you. that's true
1: it was a gold plate bus Oh okay. Yeah. Um anyway so I got on the bus and it was quite it was probably about what's eight fifteen, something like that. And sat down and on the seat in front of me there were three empty tins of tuna <laughs> <laughs> Just stacked on top of each other. <clears throat>
0: Empty? Empty. How do you know they were empty? because no,
1: they've been open. They, they, they know, like... But if they
0: were stacked, how did you see that they were
1: open? Well, you <laughs> could know, because you know... Like, right, so this...
0: somebody had got on a bus and the tuna out of a
1: tin. <laughs> three of them. I mean, John, I mean somebody who splashed out, they were John West. But they had the ring ports and they'd all been opened and emptied. It's amazing. What about study of duck and three tins of empty tuna? <laughs> that I like. That's yeah. good. Because um, kind
0: of like a sound related note. I, I think you know this story already. Um, but when we were at um, when Rob Rob used to work, uh, we used to work we used to work together. But your predecessor, mm. no, yes, was Chris your predecessor? Yes, of course. Yeah, it, he was. Yeah, of course he <laughs> was. Yeah, I think it was when Chris was there. <clears throat> I don't think it was when you were there, but I'm sure you know this story okay. about the tuna sandwich. I bought a tuna sandwich in the morning.
1: Oh yes, and this I is about it in the
0: fridge, and I put it in the fridge to so it kept nice and cold and fresh for lunch. And so I went to the fridge on this floor, this shared floor, to pick up my sandwich at lunch, I opened the fridge door, and inside was my sandwich, only my sandwich wasn't there. It was just uh, an empty packet. Uh, so it was an empty tuna packet with no sandwiches inside, just some crumbs. And inside was a, uh, a pound coin and a post-it note that just said, Sorry I ate your tuna sandwich. Here's a pound for it. <laughs> <laughs> now... The problem with that is, is that the fridge isn't some sort of convenience store. You can just go and take something. And number one, the, the, the front of the packet clearly said it was worth £2.25. So I don't know why they, where they got off giving me a pound for it. You don't have a right. I can't just go and take somebody's car and say, oh, sorry, I took your car. Here's five grand for it. It's, <laughs> it's mine. And they almost said, sorry, I ate your tuna sandwich, like it was an accident. You know,
1: so they left the empty package in there. Sorry, I ate your tuna sandwich. Here's a pound for it. What no, the fuck? Went, but there was the empty, the empty package. Yeah. So they'd actually taken it out of the fridge, eaten the sandwich, put it back in the fridge. Yeah. And, with, <laughs> with, with the, the pound note. and a post-it note. Wow. You've got to respect them for that. Oh. Okay, um, my first story is from uh, The Citizen. Not said in the pseudo german way. The Citizen? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get away from that, okay? Uh, this is a non-story, so I hope we haven't had from for a while. But it, 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 okay, in, good. Chapter. Okay. Ponds get spruced up. Ponds, ponds, as in you know where fish live, right? Uh, volunteers from the co-op funeral service have been helping out with the church <laughs> down wildlife ponds project. <laughs> volunteers from the co-op funeral service.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Work has been done by the group on painting a post rail fencing. Uh, they've also been busy planting uh bowls around the area with the help of the Herefordshire and Gloucestershire Canal Trust. Uh a parish group wo- uh, sorry, a parish council working group will discuss an information board, bins, and benches for the site. I was in the supermarket yesterday well in a supermarket, and um I was at the co-op? No.
0: Oh. No, no, no. no. Higher higher
1: uh, status than that. Little. Sainsbury's. Oh go have named it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's out there. So Presumably, as it's approaching Christmas, what they've done is they've drafted in these people to stand at the end of each aisle and pack bags. But they're from a charity, so they're not Sainsbury's workers. So, obviously, what's happened is the charity come along and said, look, can we pack people's bags if you let us stand here and we have a bucket at the end that people can then put money?" in? Oh, I see. Right? right,
1: OK, yeah.
0: So, they're not really professional backpackers, but I'm sure that thankers has had them trained or given some vetting. But anyway... Do you, do you get professional backpackers? I don't know. Right. Professional backpacker is a good uh, episode to Yeah, it's true. So, I... Um, I'm there right and I'm noticing and I realise that these guys are here from a charity I don't even remember the name of the charity and that the guy's got a bucket next to him that's, that, that's got like a little money slot in the top of it right, right. and obviously people are once he's packed their bags they're, they're putting some money in there because they just had their gone. now I've become aware that I've got no money I've got the the only money I've got the only change I've got is the pound that's in the trolley and so I know this guy's going to pack all my stuff and everybody's there and I'm just going to go yup cheers and walk off because I've got nothing to give him <laughs> all I have is five pence so I start thinking okay, problem with that how can I make this 5p appear more than it really is so what oh, I did god so what I did was I waited till the end so he packed all the bags I put them away and I thought I'm going to take the initial pain now and I just went okay cheers mate and went off and he was like yeah thanks and you could see he was thinking what a bastard <laughs> you know, didn't, even give, didn't even give any money to charity and so I went off and then stopped and then came back and he'd already started packing somebody else's bags at this point. So I came, leaned around him and went, "Oh yeah, cheers for that, mate," and put the money in the thing. But of course, he didn't see how much was, Because I just put it in my mouth. All he heard was the sound of coin hitting inside. And he turned and went, "Oh yeah, thank you." And he was really, oh, really appreciative. And I felt really bad. But if anybody's out there, that's how to make five p seem like you're making a meaningful contribution.
1: <laughs> and also, i like, say so the coppers make the same noise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Rob I've got another short one Okay I believe It's from the New Shopper It's by Heloise Wood And the headline is Down and Woman's Nightmare Due to Damp in Flat <laughs> And I have had some experience of this in my past So I can sympathise with a woman Yeah Kelly Hallett moved into her flat flat, in Capstone Road in Downham and said she's been living a nightmare ever since. Her doctors have also written a letter to the housing company Phoenix recommending she be moved due to her health. Okay. The 35-year-old said, I wake up coughing and being sick so does my daughter Emily who's eight. I've never had any health problems before. I had to throw all my clothes and belongings away because they were ruined and they just gave me £150. They got rid of some of the mould a few months ago and told me it was my fault for putting the wardrobe next to the wall but where else can I put it? The neighbours told us the building was empty for years after being condemned and Phoenix thought they'd improve it, <laughs> but they haven't right a note from Mrs Hallett's doctor said she's been to the surgery several times over the last few months of the cough this mould could be caused by the damp in her flat a spokeswoman for Phoenix said they originally visited Mrs Hallett in December last year but weren't able to enter the flat sorry Mrs Hallett she added we visited on April the 12th and confirmed the problem was due to condensation build up but the situation's got so bad right that her flip flops have gone mouldy
1: oh that's disgusting describe it <laughs> It, basically, it's a uh, flip-flop covered in mold. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it, it. It looks like if anyone knows what a brillo pad, is, it looks like it's a. It looks like a brillo pad. Um, I once lived in a flat, Rob, where um, um, there was a mold problem. It
0: was uh, because it, it was a basement flat, and it would get. And because the only place to hang to dry the clothes was inside, and 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 mold began to grow. Places. Do you
1: know what I have next? ex back exactly the same. We used to walk into a flat, and literally the first thing you could, the fir- as soon as you walked in, you could smell it. And literally, it was just all... And
0: Is that why the relationship ended?
1: Uh, yes, because the smoke has got too too much. Now, and Rob, she left me. The, well, you had the mould
0: before. <laughs> no, no, no. I, was, I was making a joke that... that, that
1: did she, she leave you? Yeah, she did, yeah.
0: Um, Rob,
1: the it only was, reason... It was unrelated to the mould, I to
0: The only reason... Well, yeah, because it was hurt
1: the mould. The third problem, though. Yeah, that's true, that's true, yeah. It was my uh, for infidelity. Is that why? No. <laughs> no. Why, then? Uh, I don't. I want not to call this? This podcast. Okay, let's just say it was an offhand comment about her mother.
0: Well, and that ended it, thing <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, Are you joking again? Yeah, I'm joking again. So yeah. What really happened then.
1: Um, uh, uh, maybe the Christmas episode. You know, let's bring everyone down. <laughs> um.
0: So, uh, there's the only reason I read this shitty story out was a, this one comment. Which I like, because it just took the whole thing very seriously and offered some very good advice. Okay. It's Lord Lord Arrestus Theobald Pigger, and he just said... <laughs> nice. I wonder if this lady dries clothes on radiators and or clothes horses. If so, she must really remember to open all the windows. Perhaps she hands washing on a line in the bathroom or over the doors. If she does any of the above, she's not helping her situation it was recently discovered that a pair of jeans fresh out of the washing machine can hold up to two litres of water which will then evaporate into the flat's atmosphere and encourage mould to grow on walls slippers and flip flops oh. luckily she seems to be on the slim side so hopefully any jeans she hangs out to dry won't quite hold as much water how does you know av- that? I think there's a picture of her okay. as the average single mother <laughs> and he says luckily she seems to be on the slim side so hopefully any jeans she hangs out to dry won't hold quite as much water as the average single mother renting a flat in say Thamesmead Dartford or Eric.
1: <laughs>
0: it's right it's yeah. good, good comment if she has any spare money left out of her benefits allowance <laughs> she would do herself a favour by using the local laundrette to wash and dry her clothes of course obviously if she smokes it will help both mother and child if she stops by helping their coughs as well as <laughs> saving money for the laundrette £150 can be quite a long way if you shop at the right place Primark for example
1: <laughs> so right isn't so that <laughs> a great comment it is a great comment I think he's I think he's, he's made a few assumptions though. I think he's taking a piss I think he, he right? might be taking a piss <laughs> ok uh, my next story is nobody from The Citizen family's heartache after a 13 week old puppy is snatched on walk near Mitchell Dean mm. <laughs> Alex please this is a sad story devastated Clive and Emma Jones want their puppy Buster back after he was snatched Mr Jones been enjoying a dog walk at Plump Hill near Michigan. Plump Hill? Plump Hill, yeah. Nice. Um, when a, a man leapt out of a white van, grabbed the 13-week-old cocker and drove, drove <laughs> off with him. What, well, really? jumped out of a van and just nicked him? Yeah. Cocker. Spaniel. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, their, three, their, their three old daughters, Charlotte and five old son, Oliver, are wondering what happened to their four-legged friend. He went to a farm to he, was, he was dog-napped uh, by a man in white transit. It is real! <laughs> in Israel (laughs) no 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 it is real sorry it might be in Israel I don't know Uh, Mr Jones from Mijedin said we are so upset we haven't been sleeping. It sounds silly and people say that he's just a dog but he no, became part of the family of course you and wouldn't we are s- very close to him. Yeah, of course you wouldn't be sleeping. If somebody stole your dog you don't know what they're doing with it. he could be caught up again in that Eyes
0: Wide Shut dog grooming room. Can
1: I just... When are we going to
0: use that as a title? Eyes Wide I don't, Shut yeah, dog
1: grooming room. Um, can I just point I, I want to go back to episode three in Howling for Ziggy. I don't seem to make me the same sort of sympathy when he, the cat died. It was because of the way he described it that the kid howled it was so middle-class.
0: <laughs> Look, it's him... It, of course, if your dog is well, because we he was killed, right? But this dog has—this dog has by been by a dog. dog I this, remember—he was torn apart by a dog. <laughs> the cat was, right? Yeah. But this dog has been dog napped. Yeah. And so they're going to be—they're going to be wondering what's happening to this dog. It's the thought of not knowing, isn't it? At least if it was dead, it was dead. But <laughs> all good. kind of sick, perverted things could be happening with this dog,
1: or or it could have been—you know—he could be in a, some sort of kebab. I couldn't believe what happened. <laughs> I just walked uh, walked along, and he was ahead of me. Then I saw this white van pull up, grab him, and then drive off. <laughs> Sounds very suspicious. You don't believe him, do you? No. <laughs> you don't believe him. Why? Because he's taking his for a dog for a walk, and you saw... So this white van drives up. Mm-hmm. A man gets out, grabs the dog, and drives off. I mean... I don't know if it's me. If I saw that happen, I'd at least get the registration number of the van, wouldn't you? So you claim...
0: No, not in the panic. So you're, are you now trying to claim that he's arranged for his dog to be dog napped, or,
1: or, or bumped off. Or bumped off. Um, um, I'm not claiming that. I'm speculating that. <laughs> right. Mrs Jones added, whoever's taken Buster probably didn't realise... Buster? Yeah. Point didn't realise the heart, yeah. mm. the the heart they caused. Buster was taken with a... They were on a walk about 1pm. The man who, sn- who snatched the dog is described as being in his mid-40s and wearing a dark fleece top. He had grey, mousy coloured hair and was a passenger in a white, in a white short, wheel-based transit man. Isn't white, short, wheel transit
0: a good episode title? It is, yeah. Because it fits with our uh, pre-arranged wide-load escort title. <laughs> That's
1: really good, actually, I mean. yeah. We've got lots of episode titles this week. Possibly. We have, There's only three <laughs> already. Four. Um, oh, is it? No. Uh, Helen Sukluk I'm sure, that's not a crazy. <laughs> uh, a Gloucester volunteer for the dog finding website DogLost.co.uk. Good name. I'm going on go the early. <clears throat> the family is absolutely devastated. It's such a shame because they're really nice people. Three or four years ago, we had a whole spate dog thefts in the country, Did and we? my concern is this could happen again. In 2008, posters were put up across the forest trying to try to, uh, try to tackle soaring levels of pet theft. More than 100 dogs and cats were stolen in the first six months of the year. What well, the fuck was happening at that period of time in 2008? What were they doing with them all? It's quite specific as well. It's the, yeah, maybe, maybe you think it was for some rituals? Satanic rituals? In the forest, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was around the summer solstice and they were, they were, oh, they were yeah. sacrificing the dogs. <laughs> I'm just speculating. Yeah, if this is your dog, we're sure he's fine. Yeah. The problem is, its head again in 2009 were reports that some pets were being held for ransom. <laughs> going to be a sinister now. Uh, Police spokesman Chris Jackson said, As far as we're aware, this is an isolated incident, but it's very concerning. If you can help track Buster, call, uh, call police on 1- 101, c- quoting incident number 214 of November 19th. Okay. There's a few comments. Good. Obviously, a very, very, very sad story. Whether it's true or not, remains to be seen. The first comment is by Douglas Nose, uh, who says, I bet the thief doesn't live in a house... I, I, don't I don't know. I've tr- I've been through the comment. I've been through the story again. and can't work out what I the. I bet hell. the thief doesn't live in a house. Yeah. Is it because
0: is it because the caucus, you wouldn't want the cocker spaniel in a house because they're not very good in houses.
1: Or maybe the man was living in the white transit. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure. Douglas does know, does it? No. Uh, By Dog picks up on his comment. By responding... Another stupid comment from Douglas Knows Nothing. Ha 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 They've obviously got some... Douglas Knows
0: is obviously known for his stupid comments on this paper, is he?
1: Yeah. That's basically what it is. Um, by Vertigo 23 responds to Crowdog by saying... I saw your first exchange with Douglas Knows and can see where you're coming from. I have similar views. <laughs> However... Persistent badgering for no reason isn't nice and you lower your credibility as a poster <laughs> when, you probably do, uh, when you probably do have some valid views. I love that. When you probably do have some valid views, you've just never expressed them. What's uh, going on at this point? papers this again? <laughs> uh, this is the citizen. Right. Uh, and she continues, uh, just as Douglas Nose does, have some valid views in brackets. Uh, just think before you post. Anyway, back to the original story. This is a horrible thing to happen to any pet owner especially to kids who probably haven't been exposed to the harshness of what people, uh, in brackets, if you can call them that, can do. Well, they have now. Yeah. Uh, I hope Bo Buster turns up. He looks like a lovely dog and deserves to be with a real family. supposed to a fake one. Crow responds to the comment (laughs) by saying, um, (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It does. You're right there. Ha ha ha. Drifting back to the story, it's it's beyond me that people go around stealing dogs. Just to read, there's one more... Comment. I'm just going to read out from Crowdog, who again is responding, responding to verse 23 yet again, saying you're more than right there. I shouldn't be badgering. Lol. Douglas Nose annoyed me due to the fact that he assumed I have no job and live tax taxpayers just because I don't like the minority majority, of the police force. So there's a vendetta between him and Crowdog and Douglas Nose. By apparently Douglas Nose suggested that he thought he was living off the off benefits and has no job I don't think there's enough it seems to me
0: there's a very small amount of people commenting on this paper they all know each other a bit too well and somebody needs to go in and break all this up
1: yeah I think so and that's, 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 that's basically what's happened there and the very last comment by uh, Radar Man I think it's Raider Man UK responds to crowdog by asking what's a minor majority 51% minimum yeah well, what is a minor majority yeah I'm sure that's a Constitution in terms. yeah yeah <laughs> that was a good question who knows <laughs>
0: Rob, this story made me laugh a little. It's um, from The New Shopper. It's by Stephen Smith. And the headline is Message in a Bottle Mystery as, in quotes, Titanic letter found on Southbourne Beach. I know you're a fan of the Titanic. Diana Parks was walking her dog Juno early in the morning when she discovered a corked bottle. It contained a note concerning the sinking of the Titanic a hundred years ago and in particular the fate of movie characters Jack and Rose played by Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) and Kate Winslet in the 1997 blockbuster. Sorry, what? Well, listen. She said, we were walking along the beach and I saw it on the sand half covered, half buried. I picked it up and was interested to see what was inside. I almost didn't want to open it because it was somebody else's property. Idiot. It It was slightly damp inside and we had to use tweezers to take it out. The, the note signed Love Asia was Hang on. <laughs> okay. The note signed Love Asia Kawooska, that's K R Z E W S K A, is headed Dear Ocean. <laughs> and reads, complete with the following spelling mistakes I love you more than eagles, spell... <laughs> spelled. Okay. Spell E-A-G-E-L-S. <laughs> okay. Uh, wrong, it's it better. So, I love you more than eagles, full stop, than animals. <laughs> full stop.
1: <laughs> than animals?
0: I love you more than eagles, than animals. Right. So, I love you more than eagles, I love you more than animals, more than sunshine, but I cannot believe what you did to the Titanic. All I'm asking is for you to free Rose and Jack, please, I'm begging you, and if you can please free a poor child... I really want, W-H-A-N-T, to see them. I love them so much. Oh, fuck Uh, it. That was the uh, note. Diana added, You can just imagine that the child has seen the Titanic and thought all those people are real. It could have washed up from anywhere, either miles away or it could have been put in the sea by somebody just down the road. Back at their home nearby, 11-year-old daughter, Gracie, was interested to see what her mum had found. She said, It's a really sweet story and it's exciting. They have spelled a few things wrong, so I think they might be about 8 or 10 years old. Then it just says... Do you know who wrote the letter? If so, contact reporter Stephen Smith on 01 202 411
1: 344. Right, okay. <clears throat> Before I move on to the comments, do you want to say something? So, they found this letter, which I suspect is somewhere from the, 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 the Balk- Baltic States, uh, by the name, by the, the spelling of the surname. Uh, so, so they found this letter from a little girl who's apparently seen Titanic, Uh and the the film. Is, yeah the and has been angry with the ocean, yeah, and uh, so they decided to to write a, what sounds like a love poem to the ocean to say, then, "I
0: love you more than eagles, more than animals, more than sunshine, but you're a bastard for you to Titanic,
1: yeah, I can never forgive you that, you fucking ocean, exactly, yeah,
0: comments, cosmic Crusader said another groundbreaking story from the echo <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> point. rock coddam says, is this a se- <laughs> Rock Cod Dam says, Is this sad remnant of what was once a newspaper really though totally bankrupt of any news-gathering abilities? This is even less than the constant reports of chip pan and waste paper basket (laughs) files. Nice. Uh, Balin says, Utter rubbish story. DJ Kent says, It's better than most stories in here. It's always the same people slagging off the echo. You choose to come if you don't like it or why waste your time commenting and moaning? (laughs) Twinum says, It may have been from Sting on a bad day. Yeah, let <laughs> yeah, throw cool. it back just in case. Um, Tip Nowhere says, quotes the article where it says, Do you know who wrote the letter? If so, contact Stephen Smith on 01202 411344. And they say, Yes, I know, it was written by Asia <laughs> Kazuska, <laughs> which it does say in the article. <laughs>
1: Brilliant.
0: Uh, Durf says, I, I think... Can it, I
1: also speculate it may have been written by Stephen Smith? <laughs> yeah.
0: Durf says, I think the Echo want to trace her so they can hire as a proofreader.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Tricky1007, uh, Tricky the quote's DJ Kent, who said, it's better than most stories in here, it's always the same people slagging off the Echo, you choose to come in if you don't like it, why waste your time commenting or moaning? And they say, well said... Do people not get that to fill a whole paper takes all sorts of stories? And sorry, we don't live in a major city with knife crime, robberies, etc. every day to fill the pages. Maybe they are, maybe they forget they are too tight to actually go and buy a paper and are complaining about the free paper they get online. If you don't like it, people, sod off and read something else. <laughs> uh, Twinam, uh, sorry, Lord Spring quotes Twinam, who said it may have been from Sting on a bad day. And uh, Twinam just, uh, Lord Spring says maybe they should hand it in to the police. Sorry. Last couple of comments here. The Seasider says... Good grief, people. Calm down. It's a nice story. Seriously, can't you remember what it was like to be a child? Imagine the excitement of finding a message in a bottle on the beach. News doesn't require that the story must be about tragedy, death, failure, etc. Sometimes something good, pleasant, unusual or funny happens. Deal with it, folks. Being so anti-good news stories just brings out the grouch in you. And Weevy says... Bit of a strange... I think he's... Right, I love this comment. But okay. I think the initial part of it is him wondering where the bottle has come from. Okay. He said... That would have been the promenade cycling hooded foxes chucking their rubbish everywhere. Yeah?
1: Right, okay, yeah.
0: Never a thought for us. I blame the communists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good episode title. Of the word. Promenade, promenade cycling hooded foxes. Oh, yeah. That's a great... <laughs> what, why are you referring to people as foxes, though? Is he trying to say that fo- you know, foxes... Because they're out vermin. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. They've been throwing writing, writing notes about the Titanic. Feral. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. Communists. Okay, um, my last story... I'm not going to read all this out because it's quite a lengthy story. Um, but it's, uh, it's a sad story. Uh, I think it's the end of an era, quite frankly. Okay. Um, it's from the Gazan Herald. Um, the story is by uh, Lewis Cohen. And uh, mobile reporter Nigel Curtin retires... After forty-five years, he's not
0: drawing the curtains to a close in his career, is he?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. The curtains coming down in his career. Uh, I and, didn't and think and Nigel the... Curtin was that old. Uh, well, yeah, according to the picture, he is. Uh, yeah, and he's provided us with many great stories, none of which spring to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think Nigel Curtain might have done the one about the leaves in the wood that the, the, the woman was complaining about the
0: leaves on the I steps. Think that might have been wood. him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So, uh, I'm d- and like I said, uh, this goes—it's the Nigel whole... Curtain lifting the veil on. Uh, uh, Lifting the veil that separates
1: truth from fiction (laughs) Nice I'm not going to read the whole story unless people are interested in his his, his entire um, Career Yeah, biography Um, But I'll just read a a few snippets out When Nigel Curtin closes down his computer at the end of today It will be the close of a journalistic career that has spanned five decades Fifty years? Yeah Or forty-five It goes into the fifth decade Mr. Mr. Curtis is more than just a patch reporter in Marlborough. He has embedded <laughs> himself in the community, among other things, founding the, the club's, sorry, the town's garden club, and organising Christmas Day lunches for old people at the town hall with his wife, Joy. He said, when I started, I was advised not to get involved by joining local organisations. <laughs> <laughs> so well, someone I, has said him that you should get don't involved. not in the local Not local paper, it's a dead-end career. <laughs> well,
0: no, 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 you're saying that somebody told him not to get involved with local, these local organisations, yeah? Yeah. So, presumably it's because they thought it would be a conflict of interest. If he's having to report on the local news, he can't be part of the system. Oh, like that's true,
1: yeah. You, can, yeah you, have, you have to remain uh, biased, yeah. But I didn't see it that way. He, he responds. If you do seem to be involved with the community, people are more well, willing to tell you things. <laughs> right. So you've been using them. <laughs> I think Sorry. I want to hear all of this article. Is it do all as good to... as this? Yeah, well, <laughs> Mr. Kenton was born in the Mendip Hills... at Curtain. The... Curtin, yeah, sorry, yeah, Curtin. Mister Curtin was born in the Mendip Hills at Bishopsgate, which is now part of Bristol. But when he was young, his parents bought brought the British village shop in Lynham, and he spent his formative years there, attending Lynn Primary School and Malmesbury Moles, and Moles, Grammar School. He said, "I was determined to become a, a forester in Sabenac Forest." That never happened, but in all those years, he wanted years... to be a forester, well, like a lumberjack. Well, what is a forester? Well, I know people that, that in the Forester Dean' they're called a foresters, and basically, means someone lives in a forest. He wants I didn't think he meant he, was, he wasn't going back to go fell. I don't think he meant that no so what does living in the forest mean then he just wants to live in a forest. oh is that area. what a
0: forester is I thought yeah. a forester might be some sort of person who, who looks after woods you know no, make sure the trees are arranged in the right order, okay. cleans up the leaves I've like heard. a
1: ranger yeah it's so not, maybe like, that story if it was him about cleaning up the steps maybe if it, was, it, it It had a, quite some resonant feelings for it. <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> that never happened but in all the three houses I lived in in Marlborough I've never been able to look out of the place I wanted to work in 1963 the family moved to Western Supermare where Mr Curtin's parents took over his shop and <laughs> Mr Curtin enrolled at Western Technolo- Techno- Technological College after le- leaving he called the office of the local paper the Western Mercury to scour the jobs column he was aware of a large figure arriving at his shoulder who turned out to be the editor Mr Curtin said he asked me if I was looking for a part time job when I said yes he said they needed a... a, a, a I'm guessing that means actually gopher. But it's spelled wrong. The next day I was given a notepad and told there's a woman in reception who, her, whose husband had just died. <laughs> I was given a list of questions to ask. And How kept... do you feel about your husband's death? <laughs> and I kept that list for years. <laughs> Jackie this has got the same list. Well, so, so, regardless woman, what the
0: situation is, so woman complains of leaves on a, on a on a set of stairs in a forest. How do you feel about your husband's death? <laughs> he, he's <laughs> not
1: dead. Okay, <laughs> When's he gonna be buried? <laughs> that chance meeting was a launchpad for from, from Mister uh, Mister Curtis's long career in journalism. Launchpad, yeah, <laughs> launchpad. Uh, while at the, the Western Mercury, he learned his trade by. Uh, but his heart was in Wiltshire, he said. When I was at Linham, I got very friendly with a young, a young lady called Joy. We were teenage sweethearts, and we kept in touch when I went to Weston. But it was a long way to travel uh, to keep our relationship alive. The couple got engaged in 1963... Sorry, it's 1967, but the commuting continued. Then, out of the blue, Mr. Curtin got a call from the editor of the Swindon Advertiser, uh, Fred Avery, who said that a vacancy for a reporter...
0: It's Fred Avery
1: here! Big <laughs> <laughs> kid, here. you want a job? <laughs> I got a job. Um they got a vacancy report in Malmsbury. He celebrates his 21st birthday in the Gazette and Herald office in Kingsbury Street, which in those days was branded as the Swindon Even Advertiser office. This is like a proper biography. I'm really enjoying this. The couple were married uh, shortly afterwards. They have two children, Paul and Claire, and four grandchildren, Evie, Nathan, Tom and Vicky. Hang
0: on. Evie, Nathan, Tom and
1: Vicky. Yeah. Mr Curtin has many fond fond memories of his colleagues on the Gazette at the time. Arthur Pageant, John Leach, Terry (coughs) Galen. Dennis Kingman, and working with with talented photographers. Can you read the names out again, please? Yeah. First one. Arthur Padgett. So, let's think, what would his nickname be? Paggy. Paggy.
0: John Leach. Leachy. Leachy. <laughs> Terry <Gay-Lard. laughs> Gay- Gaylord. Gaylord.
1: <laughs> Gaylard.
0: Gaylard. Yeah. Uh, okay, so maybe just
1: Gaylard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dennis Kingman. Kingman? Yeah. Kingy. <laughs> no.
0: The okay. King. The King. The King.
1: And working with talented photographers like uh, Colin Keeley and Bob Lowry and Trevor Porter. I'm not sure if this story is just really boring. <laughs> I'm finding it soothing. Yeah. We're well, going to like code, though. But in 1868, he got an offer he couldn't refuse from the Western <laughs> Daily Press, which led into some big stories which went national, in brackets. <laughs> this is a great... This is not Alan Park's vibe, isn't it? Him and his best mate, Brian Best... <laughs> Brian Best. Sorry, him and his colleague Brian Best and Marvin Hancock received a national... Where did you get Best Mate from? I don't know. Right? Okay. I think I just got a bit overexcited. Received a National Campaigning Journalism of the Year Award for exposing the scandal at the West Wiltshire District Council when council officers bought the council's own IT equipment at a knockdown price after it was described as <laughs> worthless. So that's the, that was the big story. They broke... You've really made a difference. <laughs> so, so basically, the the big scoop was they bought a load of knock-off computers because they've were, been they were banned as worthless. It was in fact a very lucrative operation. Um, the officer involved were charged with sentences, but the, the case was eventually dropped by the Crown Prosecution so Services. So it didn't even work. Um, no. right. uh, for the reasons which Mr Curtin is still in the dark about. <laughs>
0: oh, he's still in the dark. Is that deliberate? Pun yeah, there.
1: Yeah. But, so, okay. All right. So he's still has not quite cracked that. No. On the lighter side, Mr Curtin broke the story of the Tamworth Two, a pair of pigs that escaped from a Malsbury abattoir. to find we for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. <coughs> Rob, can you not <laughs> can you read out what that story is about again? Yeah. Uh, on the lighter side, Mister Curtin broke the story of the Tamworth II, a <laughs> pair of pigs that escaped from a Malsby Avatar, and defied capture for two for some weeks. Can I give you some homework, Rob? Which is to look up that story. It must be in their Absolutely.
0: archives because I think that would be a good local anaesthetic story. I will. In the end, the porkers were reprieved and sent to a petting farm. The porkers, yeah were reprieved and sent to a petting farm. Yeah, like a petting zoo. What's a petting farm? Is that... Yeah, it's pet- quite a common thing.
1: Petting in what sort of way? No, no, not like that. Okay. The pigs were immortalised in print and on film. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, then they were eaten. Yeah. In a nice bacon sandwich. Mr Curtin returned to the, the mobile offices of the, of the Gazette 12 years after he left and spent the final years of his career in the town he has adopted his own and which he owes his allegiance. He plans to stand for the East Ward of the town in the Wiltshire Council elections uh, next May as a Tory candidate, despite all his years... Tory for... candidate? Yeah. <laughs> Where's he from? Where's this area again? Well, Malmesbury is very... No, uh, What's what, what uh, this? This is from. Wiltshire. Right, so he's yeah. going to stand as a Tory candidate for what mayor? Uh, for the East Ward of the town no. in the Wiltshire Council elections, despite all his years uh, representing his fellow workers on the News, de- uh, the n- news Quest... Wiltshire's staff council, I'm not sure what that is. He said, journalists are undervalued by employers. I spent my life writing about the average wage, but never achieved it. Is that him saying that he's never, even himself, managed to get the av- the
0: bas- a basic average wage? Yeah. Is that, is that... I think that's what he's saying. It does sound like he's saying no, that. No, I think he's saying that journalists <clears throat> are undervalued for what they can do. For example, I've spent a lifetime writing about the fact that people should be paid an appropriate amount, and yet we still haven't achieved that as a country. Is that not what he's saying? Or is he saying that he's been paid a pittance
1: for 50 years? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I hope, it's the, I hope it's the latter. He's a fucking journalist. He should be able to communicate himself in a way that isn't vague. Yeah, that's true. I didn't have to be a journalist. I once contemplated becoming a professional snooker player. <laughs> I once played Steve Lee, but he beat me. <laughs> you right? did you did it. You? Would you not find that very, very funny? I once played Steve. Mitch no, no, Steve. start it again. I once considered. I once contemplated becoming a professional snooker player. I once played Steve Lee, but he beat me. <laughs> Who the fuck is Steve <laughs> Lee? <laughs> I've never heard of it. I've never heard of a super player called Steve Lee. I don't know. I've no idea. Is that
0: the, is that all he can say? <laughs> is it not worthy comment to put in his. It's not an obituary. Sorry. You, what if? It, what would you call it? Um, Eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a eulogy? Or is that is that's is that, is no, that that that
1: he he's dead, yeah. Um, and then the
0: victory is when is he's
1: dead. Is it biography? I don't know. Yeah, no. biography, I think. Yeah, no, but I meant when you. Th- yeah, anyway. Yeah. But it's meant to be a testimonial of him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to skip to the end of this article. Come yeah, on, you mu- did he not say anything else? No, that's in end that quote. I think you're missing out. No, there aren't any good bits you're missing out of this. Article. Oh, okay. Well, I, no, all right. Mr. Curtin has met countless celebrities over the <laughs> years, including HM the Queen. But he's never been overawed by... Celebrities, calling the Queen a celebrity, that's an example of a celebrity in their eyes. Yeah. They're fucking idiots. But he's never been overawed by them. He said, the only reason I've been so, so successful is because I'm such a friendly guy. <laughs> so successful? <laughs> I treat everyone as equals. Even the Queen? Yeah. Brilliant. I'm not cursing for you. Mr. Curson has been... Uh, ref- curtsy? A man wouldn't curse, curtsy, wouldn't he? that. Yeah, that's true. Mr. Curson has been recognised officially for his dedication to the communities he covers... In 2007, Pusey Parish Council presented him with an award for outstanding service to the community while in 2000, Marlborough and the District Rotary Club gave him the Centenary Community Award for outstanding vocational service to the community. That's nice to know. Gazette editor Gary Lawrence said, the Inksu- <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> This industry won't see many more like Nigel Kern. <laughs> his love for the community he serves, his determination to bring in a story... And his knowledge of the area and its people are a very, rare commodity. If I had to sum up what makes Nigel Curtin such a great journalist, it's the fact that he lavishes care and attention on every story he writes, no matter how mundane it may seem at face value. (laughs) (laughs) He understands that every story is important to the people it's about. And and to me, uh, it is a great quality to cherish. We'll miss him at the Gazette, but more importantly... The people of Marlborough and Pusey were missing. Now, there's two comments on this story. I just, I
0: just want to say, though, to be fair, he does sound like a very dedicated, nice guy. He does, yeah. Um, well done, it, Nigel Curran, 45 years. Uh, Low well, lot of aesthetics has only been going, not even a year yet, but yeah. so hopefully we get more.
1: And it does sound like, you know, the, the community really values you. Although, well, we move on to the comments. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, Shed says. So he quotes the last comment saying, "They're not horrible, are they?" On this guy, <laughs> <Shall> they? <laughs> they've had. To, they should have disband, They should have disabled comments. What were they thinking? Okay. Shed says. More importantly, the people of. Um, he started quoting the, the comment before. More importantly, the people of Mulgrem and Pusey were missing, and he just responds up saying, "Really." <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to read this out. his family. are going to read that. I'm going to see that. And what's the second comment? Uh, and Frisbee forty three forty three says. Hallelujah. He's gone at last. The single most incompetent journalist in the whole country, in my opinion. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at the end of me. the single most The incom- single most incompetent journalist in the whole country.
0: That's a good episode, Tyle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh.
1: Hallelujah.
0: On thoughts so they can't, on the end of this article. article. <laughs> so his wife
1: reads it all. What have people got to say? Look at all the lovely.
0: It, it, don't look at it
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lovely article oh don't read the comments though I'm sorry Nigel it's over <laughs> okay I think it's time to wrap up the podcast
0: yes we haven't got a feature time with that
1: no <laughs> nothing's come in so fuck uh, you do you want to remind people about our Christmas competition right? yes the Christmas competition right uh, there is a prize you'll be delighted to know uh, it may be something that's worth slightly more than a pound um, but what we'd like to do is get a picture of yourself uh, in front of your uh... gravestone <laughs> no that would be weird uh, in front of the, the, um, the sign of your town or a local landmark it's a bit morbid this
0: week sorry it has so... been in
1: mild yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you send it in to us because what we're going to do we're going to get Alex to see if he can identify anything and, and let us know where well, right, I in I the anything company anything he thinks it is
0: in the company you just said I want to know if Alex can identify anything and tell us whereabouts in the company it is did I?
1: oh yeah not enough sleep, obviously, Bob. Yeah, you want me, sleep.
0: Basically, we will see if I can tell you where you live is.
1: Yes, basically. So we want pictures. Um, if you can get your local paper in the picture, fantastic. If but we like you in front of the, uh, a local landmark or the, uh, the name of the town, city, village, whatever. And no, those you, you, and no nudity. We don't want any more decent pictures. No, we've got quite enough of those from a friend of ours. And then what we'll, we'll do? It, draw some criteria and we'll... Uh, announce a winner what are we going to do if we don't Christmas? get a
0: single entry to the Christmas
1: then Christmas I will go around the country and take some pictures of me standing in various towns
0: but seriously what are we going to do will that not be humiliating if not one person sent no me?
1: we're just dropping we little...
0: know we've got plenty of listeners so come on people take a picture of yourself guess, let's be serious we just drop it like all the other features we just want to mention and it and
1: then mention it again yeah yeah
0: okay okay on that note um, oh by the way make sure if you've got any stories in your local area that you found amusing please email them to us as our new email address uh lapodcast.net at gmail.com that's lapodcast.net at gmail.com we can be found by our website lapodcast.net where you'll find links to our Facebook our Twitter links to iTunes where you can download the episodes
1: yeah and Facebook has also changed the new Facebook address is www.facebook.com forward slash LAPodcast but yeah we look forward to hearing from you as always Uh, and so uh, God bless and take care